Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Traveling Principles podcast. I am your host, Joe Clossy, and I'm super excited for today's show. I have lots planned for you guys. Um, I'm going to go down a few different roads in this episode, basically because I can and because I need to cover some cool stuff for you guys. Um, And so let's go on that ride now. Um, folks, let me ask you something. Have you guys seen anything really cool out there that's worth talking about? Anything that is new to you and working in your school or in your classes that you would like to share out, please email me at thetravelingprincipal at gmail.com. Uh, and I'd be happy to get your sentiments and examples out there. Let's share some best practices Um in that facet. And so something I saw, right, to, to begin, um, that I'd like to talk to you guys about came to me from a principal in Canada who was a friend of mine from the mastermind cohort that I'm in in the Better Leaders, Better Schools Network. Um, and he is a new principal of a middle school and took the job one month prior to this worldwide pandemic we are all now facing with. You can't make that up, right? Um, And so Chris, Chris Horton, talked to me um, about some of the coolest things that they're doing up north, and I would like to bring them down here to California. And it's basically this Dare To movement. Now, what is it that you ask is Dare To? Well, Dare To is basically that. It's a Dare You To movement do something you email someone or reach out to them electronically somehow and dare them to do something now let's share chris's one limit which is very important and crucial to the successes here which is the obvious be nice have that dare bring something nice out of the other person somehow perhaps it's a dare for that person to bake something fun with their loved ones or for them to bike on a trainer for 45 minutes or simply to forward their favorite meme to a group. <clears throat> Dare them to do something that will make that person smile, right? That is, that is the point here. Dare them to make a playlist with a theme. Dare them to journal for a week. Dare them to watch a scary movie, make something for dinner they never have, read something new, listen to a podcast, man. This list goes on forever. Um, The Dare To movement in California starts right here on this show. I dare you to find another podcast on something that you want to learn and listen to it. Then... Try that new skill somehow, right? It might not be now. Basically, we're, you know, quarantined and not allowed to leave our houses. So now is when you prepare and now is the time that you learn that something new. Now is the best time, right? So my dare to you is to listen to a new podcast and try to learn something new. And then eventually when it is possible safely try it right what's wrong with that 
we're all we're all about learning in this episode here. So dare to for the school leaders, for the teachers, for the students, for the parents, you know, for friends, for crying out loud. Dare somebody to do something nice. Let's let's send smiles, right? Um so that said, I also want to take you for a ride through the mind of Joe Colossi here. Um, and so that's what this segment's going to be. It's going to be a, a, a ride through my mind. And I want to talk about something for a second because it's really deep and yet super important. I do not think we understand the importance of this next segment here. Um, and so <clears throat> we're, gonna about, we're gonna talk about the importance of relationships. Tell me, what is your perspective on relationships? What is your relationship like with your students? What impact do you think it has on overall student achievement? Let's, let me ask that again. So what is your perspective on relationships? What is your relationship like with your students? And then finally, what impact do you think that has on overall student achievement? Let's take a poll, which is impossible on a recorded podcast of one person. So I'll just assume that my answer prior to this research was similar to your guys's, and it is that it played a major role, but wasn't in like the top three influential factors. Um, maybe, let me just throw a couple out there that I think um, might be a little bit more important. Um, physical building offerings, you know, is your, is your building, does it have a pool? Does it have awesome um, fields? Does it have a, a, an amazing auditorium? Does it have a gymnasium that can hold, I don't know how many? Um, does the physical building offer that which is conducive to maximizing the learning for the students that are in it? How about the location of the campus, right? Meaning very easily accessible um, and proximity to colleges and businesses. Uh, for example, I am currently at a school where I think the location of the campus is not very good, being that we're at the airport. We are not near neighborhoods. It is hard to get to the school. We definitely need to have buses. No one walks. In fact, we had like one kid that walked and all of us picked him up on our way in if we saw him. So, <clears throat> um, you know, Proximity to colleges and businesses is another thing. There are schools geographically located up near San Francisco that are right outside of, let's say, where headquarters to some of the big dot-coms are, um, and therefore those schools are career-oriented with regards to te te technology. Um, and so it just makes it easy to kind of partner with those schools and those businesses because of the proximity. So, you know, location of your campus is also another big one. And then, you know, leadership. <laughs> you know, let's just state the obvious. I would find that those three, right, physical building, location, and leadership are more important. <clears throat> let's see. Really quickly, let's throw in the history of the program overall. Um, surrounding neighborhoods. Um, and let's put demographics in there. Maybe just as important, if not more. Um, 
than relationships as well, right? So I just kind of rambled off like six. However, upon study, I've learned that the relationships between a teacher and their students, um, this is the single most influential and important factor out there with regards to student achievement. Think about it like this. This dude, John Haiti, I'm, 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 I'm butchering his last name, uh, and I don't mean to demean the efficacy and the importance of what he's done because he wrote this book on turning achievement factors into actual data by synthesizing 800 meta-analyses that relate to achievement in learning. Then he gave each one a score rating, right? So he figured 800 different factors and turned them into data and then measured each one and evaluated them up against each other with regards to student achievement. And based on the factors that, that take place when those trends are at play, okay? Uh, he, he rated them on this scale. And when it came to relationships with teachers and students, this showed the most impactful all around. And when they were positive, has the greatest influence on student achievement in that class. Not what is taught, not how it's taught, although this plays a factor immensely, I presume. But it's if the student and the teacher see eye to eye, now, I got to ask why. Perhaps that student feels safer in the classroom and, it, and that is run by someone they trust. Maybe that then is like the essence <clears throat> that's needed to form a strong bond. The students feel freer to take risks, to try and fail, and to me, therefore, expose the essence of true learning which is failure, right? Um, so that relationship is, is, is super strong and, and super influential. And, and I want you to think of it, the teachers, okay, that were bad and what those classes were like. So from a teacher's perspective, those are horrible periods to teach. And I've called in sick because of them. I am definitely not going to lie. Um, but it goes both ways. When I had this one class where this kid jumped in and out of the window because he only came to school for my class, um, I don't know if he was like not allowed in the, in the building. I'm not really too sure. And I never asked any questions. I just taught him how to read in like 11th grade English. It was the book Requiem for a Dream. Um, and he loved it because it was nuts and like super inappropriate and he couldn't believe that they were reading that in school. New York City went on this like crazy search for content through novels. <clears throat> and it was more important that the kids were actually reading than what they were reading about. And so there was this like, well, how important is it that this book doesn't have curse words or revolve around scenes that or like for a mature audience 
and it's a young adult novel, but that assumes that these kids sitting in these classes haven't already been exposed to the majority of, of what they're reading. So it's like, you know, come on, what are we talking about here? And so I had a relationship with, with these kids, that kid in particular, where I wouldn't rat on him for being in the building. I never let him leave the room, but he also didn't want to, right? <clears throat> it's not like he was going to sneak in and give kids things and they were going to go from there. Like, you know, I had my wherewithal. But then when security got wind that he was doing it, I would leave handouts near the window and they were always taken. Um, my relationship with that kid got him to read. The risks on both ends, his and mine, were extreme, right? I mean, I was an untenured teacher at the time, could have lost my job easily. Um, the kid probably could have gotten arrested or, or whatever was the deal there. Um, I also think of the classes that I was in as a student, and they were crazy because me and my friends were in them together. Um, low levels of learning going on now that I think about it. Low. Um, relative to the relationship we had with the teacher, I guess, right? So here's the question. How, how do you define your relationships with your students? Perhaps if you needed a place to start, when looking for improvement, data shows you should totally start here. What if everything in your life, like all of your relationships, dictated the outcomes? In other words, if you gave respect first, you would always get it in the end. If life could only be so simple, right? Our relationships are so important right now. Our leadership and our leaders, so important. We want to be better in this world. We want to do better. We know at some point, things will get better. I mean, they have to. I want to tell you of something kind of crazy with regards to relationships and also the importance of learning when it boils down to it completely. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. Um, and this is also something that I got into an amazing conversation with in my mastermind group last week. And the comparison to our mindset was crucial for us to understand. And it is this. Although we do not know the end result of the current situation that we are in, yet Without losing hope, we must understand that no matter how crappy the current is, we will come out, this will end, and life will go on. And therefore, what can we do to progress still mentally during this time? How can we preserve relationships during this time, we will allow our physical selves to catch up. Of course, when shelter in place orders are lifted, I have no doubt. For once in all of our lives, we will share a similar value, a universal 
value of how important it is to go outside and be with people. This value has always been universally accepted by Democrats and Republicans alike. And yet will be even more so, I think, come the end of all this. Our physical selves will catch up, right? However, our mental selves right now are being tested. So I came across this article in the Huffington Post, right? And I put the URL in the show notes. Now, not knowing when that will come, however, when the end of all of this will be, not knowing that defines this paradox that we speak of, this Stockdale paradox, named after Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war during Vietnam. He outlasted years of being a prisoner of war, making many attempts to maintain the sanity of his fellow prisoners by communicating with them, trying to motivate hope to stay alive. Um, He stated that the optimists were the ones that did not last because they attached dates like holidays to time frames as to when they would be rescued by. And of course, because these dates would come and go, eventually the prisoners would become disappointed, lose hope of rescue, and even die of a broken heart. And so, now why do I bring up this morbid paradox, right? Well, let me let me let the elementary school teacher in me come out for a second. Um, what is a paradox? It's something that although seems to be defined by factually supported and logical predictions in many ways, it rather leads to a conclusion that is in fact contradictory, right? So the um, easiest example I can give you uh, is like, can God make a rock so big and so heavy that even God can't pick it up? Right? That's the easiest example. Um, so with that out of the way, we are currently in time when our lives are turned upside down. And we do not know an end in sight right now. We've been told a few dates, which a couple have already come and gone. Another will do so with the next holiday. We've extended school closures now twice and are out um, for the school year now, right? What if we do not go back in the fall? How about not until the following year? Will spirits begin to shatter because we attach expectations of normalcy to dates which we'd ideally love to celebrate with like we always have in the past um, without optimism, which really drives hope in many ways because we can't attach a timeline of completion or even progress to dates with so many uncertainties in this near future, in this immediate future, we can only just hope. Can you have undated or endless blind hope? The answer is, of course we can. Now, now that we know we will not have dates, I have that lens of a time reference. There is the Clossy Paradox, right? 
let me spin it on you. Um, different from prisoners of war, obviously, we also know that we will get out of this. Um, if we are careful, take precautions necessary, plan, care for ourselves and our environment, we will come out of this. Now, how can you progress during this time? Through learning dudes and dudettes. Learning. Open your minds to what's out there. Embrace this technological world, which we are going to see shortly, how it surrounds our lives. It's even, I, I, could, I could even say how it supports our lives. We depend on it now so much more than we have in the past, and so embrace that. I think of this time as if I'm forced to sit here and pen this out to you. My ratings are up. My subscribers are up. I'm doing what I realize I, I love to do, broadcast. It's funny. How about that? Right? And how about this for a transition? I've learned in my Better Leaders, Better Schools mastermind about finding this thing called the flow state, right? <clears throat> a flow state. Gay Hendricks writes about a flow state in his book, The Big Leap. And the skinny is really about when time flies fastest, you are doing what? Okay, so think about that for a second. When time flies fastest for you, um, alliteration aside, what are you doing? For me, I guess I could say I'm podcasting. I can say being in classes. You know, I, I could say walking into a classroom with kids. Um, that's always my flow state, man. I'm in it. I, I can add to a lesson. I can assist a teacher. I can talk with kids. I can hang. I can learn. I'm learning right? <clears throat> and I can say cooking. These things usually make time fly for me. Um, kind of in my zone when I'm writing and it's quiet and I'm 20 tabs deep in research. Um, how about when I walk into a classroom and I'm bombarded with student show-offs and a teacher who immediately says something like, well, no better time than now. Let's ask Mr. Clausey while he's here. And I'm like hooked for 30 minutes easy. Um, so question to my listeners, as I feel I'm making you think a little more in this episode than I usually do. Um, however, question, what activities define your flow state? And more so, how often, how much time are you in it? How about daily? How much time are you in your flow state daily? Do you... Allow yourself flow state daily. How about weekly? If your answer is once a week for an hour, then that is something you must look forward to completely. But why are you so limited? Why not once a day, every day? How do you spend your day then? And can that be rearranged somehow? Okay, think about that. For me, when I'm in the flow state, that's when life is good. I'm defining that flow state personally with my family now as well, and it's nice. It's nice. I have to say that. 
I want to utilize this time that I have with them because we will never have something like this again, hopefully. And I won't have the excuse that we all can't leave and go anywhere without each other for quite some time, you know, probably for the rest of my life. So, you know, embrace it. Try to figure out what it is. Replicate it. Maximize that time. Think of the good that will come of that. Right? Think of the good. So, folks, I know we got crazy on this episode. Um, but it's really nice just once in a while, I guess, to, to let it out and show you how my mind works and how I think things, especially, you know, right about now, how I'm processing. Um, I do not mean to compare us to wartime prisoners, as I just explained how I like spending this time with my family. Um, I feel like I'm back again in their lives, and that's cool. Not a prisoner at all. Not a prisoner. Um, however, the notion of the paradox revolved around similar world-altering situations that we are forced to live in without time limitations at this point. However, we do know it will end and we'll hopefully learn to make the best of it in the interim. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. Or you can go to www.thetravelingprincipal.com for all of your info that you may need. Um, it has been a pleasure. My name is Joe Clussy, and I'm your traveling principal. I am the Ace Charter High School principal, saying thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, my analytics show Ace Charter High School community is strong, and <clears throat> I'm always thinking of you guys. Uh, Canada, I see you. I see you guys listening, and I thank you for that. Um, South Korea, I see you. I see you. I don't know who you are, but send me something. Let's connect. Um, that is awesome. So thank you again for listening. Uh, I hope you are all well and safe out there. Wash your hands. Keep your environment clean. Social distance, you guys. Um, be well.